Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun. Oh, man. It's an ass Dr. Jesse day. It's Thursday. I know it's not Friday, but it's, 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 uh, we'll get to that in a second. Biden gave a big speech today. It's all corporations fault and Republicans fault. And, you know, he's going to spend a bunch of money and that's going to lower inflation. <laughs> so that's so we have that to unpack. I, I don't I don't think he was being honest. We do have a card-carrying communist out there who appears to agree with me about something. We'll get to that here in about 10 minutes from now. And we have all kinds of Ask Dr. Jesse questions on this glorious, glorious Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday version. Normally it's Friday, but tomorrow, sometimes a man has to step up and do what's right. Sometimes, if you consider yourself to be a warrior, you have to pick up your weapon and go fight for your country. And that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. My sons and I will wake up in the morning. Don't rub your face, Chris. We're going to gather up our weapons, arm ourselves with as much ammo as we can carry, and we're going to go hunt doves tomorrow. In defense of this nation, we will not be overrun with doves while Jesse Kelly and his sons are still out there. So, no, you're gonna, not going to have my voice tomorrow, but I'll be back on Monday. But before I get to anything, ask Dr. Jesse questions or Joe Biden or anything, something just came up. No, I, no, I didn't just have a meeting with Kamala. What are you talking about? Something just came up right before the show. It's an article in the Washington Post, and I'm about to violate one of my rules for life. It is a rule I have for my home. My kids know it. I have it for myself. I never, ever, ever use the word, try to never use the word unfair, fair, unfair, fair, because life's unfair, you know, adapt, overcome, get by it. But I just saw this right, right before the show came on. And I thought, man, how criminally unfair is this? And this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. It's a Washington Post article. And the quote from the article, from the parents in the article, was this. Quote, we've been pushed into a situation that is terrifying. And that's the end quote. And then they they go on. And it says, parenting a child under 12 can be maddening and scary during normal times. But the Delta variant has taken things to a new level for many families. And I can't show it to you now. You know what? We'll put it on the show Twitter. I can't show it to you now, but the picture of this family that's that's saying things like this, they're loading their sons, healthy-looking boys, look to be five, six, seven years old, and this one looks to be two or three. They're loading their boys into a big red wagon, um, within the big high walls of this big red wagon, these boys are wearing helmets. They're sitting together. Now they live together, but they're sitting together outside in their big red wagon and they're wearing masks. And of course, mom and dad are about to go pedal around while the boys sit there like bumps on a log as, as if their legs don't work. And the reason I bring this up and I bring up the word unfair is this. How unfair is it to those kids? Those are innocent kids. 
my sons, my boys, tomorrow morning, in all seriousness, all, all protecting America aside, tomorrow morning we're going to wake up and we're going to eat eggs and bacon together. And I'm going to sip coffee. And they're going to tell me about stupid video games or, 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 or a joke they said with their buddy. And we're going to laugh and we're going to have fun. And then we're going to get in a car and we're going to drive down and stand by a field where we're going to learn weapon safety once again. And then we're going to shoot doves out of the sky. When that's done, my boys are going to gather around the doves and tear the feathers off of them and rip their heads off. And then we're going to go sit down and I'm going to have a beer while my boys and I eat doves. And it's going to be a wonderful day. And that's how a boy's childhood should be. Instead, I'm staring at a picture of these poor kids who are unfortunately raised by scared, weak sheep. And they're sitting in their red wagon with their helmets and masks on outside. And what chance do these kids have to be happy and healthy and well-rounded? And how unfair is that? How unfair is that that my kids and your kids get a normal life with fun and values and good things? And there are kids out there raised by these psychopathic commie parents And these kids have no chance to be happy, healthy, content adults. This kid will be on anxiety medication by the time he's 12. Probably pick his own gender by the time he's 15. He'll undoubtedly go off to college. He'll take on about $200,000 in student loan debt. He'll move on and probably be a journalist. Make 70 grand a year. Pay off his student loans in his big city apartment. One room, of course, for the rest of his life before he buries some woman when he's 55 and tries to have a kid with that one and repeats the cycle over and over and over again. I know I'm not supposed to use the words fair or unfair because it's a break of my own rules. Like I said, it's not even allowed in my house. I saw this picture of those kids, and I'll tell you, man, my heart went out for them. It did. That sucks. That legitimately sucks. And how many kids are there out there like that right now? You know some. I'm sure you do. By the way, you can call in if you know some. 877-377-4373. Or with your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, that's fine. 877-377-4373. I don't want names. Maybe it's your brother. Maybe it's the neighbor across the street. You're living your life normal with your kids, trying to raise normal, happy, healthy adults. And there are people out there not only consumed with their own mental illness, they're obsessed with making sure their kid shares the same one. How sick is that? How sick is that? I mean, I don't know about you. I have a couple flaws. I have a couple things about me that I wish weren't so, right? Because of how much I love my sons, I desperately don't want them to get any of those. But there's something about this disgusting communist mindset. They look at their kids and they're obsessed with making sure their kids get all their mental health deficiencies. What is that sickness? What is wrong with people? I don't understand it. 
I, I, I really don't. I don't understand it, and I don't even know why I'm talking about this. It has nothing to do with what I was going to talk about on the show, but I saw it right before the show, and it's probably because I'm going hunting tomorrow morning. That's honestly, it's probably what it is. It's probably because I'm taking my boys hunting, and I know we're going to have fun, and I love my little buddies, and we're going to laugh, and it's going to be awesome. And then I saw this picture, and I thought, man, I wish I could take those kids hunting with us. I do. I do. I wish I could take little Aiden and Braden in that picture. You know that's their names. And tell them, take that stupid mask off your face and get your helmet off. Let's go. We're going to go sit down and we're going to learn weapon safety. Make sure you always respect a weapon. Learn how to clean a weapon. Learn how to aim it the right way. And then we're going to kill some animals. Just little doves, don't worry. The little flying rats. And then we're going to eat them later on. And we're going to get sweaty and dirty. And you might even, <gasps> you might even get a germ. I swear that you might touch a germ. There's even a chance. Get this. You might get a little sick. I know. I know. It's a scary world out there. You might catch a cold on my life. And guess what? You'll be a better man for it. You'll be a better man for it. So let us hope. Right now, this is the last time I will ever use the word fair or unfair. I despise that word. I will try to never use it again in my life. I'll try to never use it again on the show. But I looked at those kids and I thought, man, that sucks. That legitimately sucks. All right. We have, we have some audio from Biden today. Oh, he forgot someone else's name. That's so embarrassing. And he was trashing corporations. And I have a bunch of Ask Dr. Jesse questions. And I'll let you, for this first hour and first hour only, call in with your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. 877-377-4373. But first, husband and wife driving home from dinner one night. Get stopped at a light surrounded by an angry mob. They force open the driver's side door get their hands on the husband, start dragging him from the car. By the grace of God, he reaches for his hero 2020 non-lethal weapon, shoots his attacker twice in the chest with it, unleashes this brutally powerful chemical pepper irritant, attacker backs off, husband and wife to this day, alive and well. Go get yours, hero2020.com. Hero2020.com. If you use the code Jesse, that gets you a special discount. So make sure you use the code Jesse. And always remember, state law restrictions may apply. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. The rain was unstoppable. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday, but but kind of a Friday, because it's an Ask Dr. Jesse day today. All right, let's let's go. Oh, our president, I still can't look. I know we've had a million pieces of audio like this, and we'll have a million more, but I can't. I I can't wrap my mind around this because I think you know how things. You just get used to things. You get conditioned to things. The the way life is. I can't. I can't get to the place of acceptance that this human being is the president of the United States of America. Thank you, Boris. And and I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. (laughs) 
that's Biden forgetting the name of Australia's PM. Man, surely we can do better, right? I mean, surely we can do better. And look, just to rehash what I was saying before I get to the rest of this Biden audio, because someone actually has a good phone call, it looks like, on this. I can't I can't believe the two different Americas we occupy. I, I can't believe it. Tomorrow, I'm getting up and going hunting with my sons to get dirty and shoot guns and laugh and have fun. And I'm looking at a picture of this family from the Washington Post. Their kids in the high-walled red trailer with a seatbelt on and a helmet and masks outside. What is... What does the future look like for those kids, man? What is wrong with people? I don't I, look. You know what? It's, it looks like Danae has something good on this. Danae in Kansas, what happened with your nephew? Hi. Okay, so my mother, who is seventy-three years old, and my stepfather, who is eighty-four years old, is raising my nephew as their child. Anyway, when the pandemic started, they shut off all contact like this this boy's name it we'll call him adam anyway adam could not go outside could not be with friends Um, they didn't go to the grocery store they had um neighbors bringing them groceries and then my mother would wipe them down with disinfectant before they could come in anyway it was It was a long process. I did not realize, because I live in Kansas, they live in Oklahoma, how detrimental it was being to him. I went down in July, and this would have been of last year, not this year. Went down in July, and this little boy, he was 11 at the time, had no color. His hair was all grown. He had no color. Basically, his only communication with anybody was through a video game. Um, He was just living in the the gen area on his video game because they were elderly and because he was a child and he could bring them the virus. We ended up having to have him removed from the home. God have mercy. Yeah, that's a tough call. No, and thank you for the phone call. That's a tough call, but God have mercy, man. Oh, gosh. Kids are living like that. You're messing these kids up for life. For life. All right, let's get to what Biden said here before I get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Joe Biden, he got up today and gave a speech, and I'll be frank with you. I have some mixed emotions about the speech. Since the pandemic began, billionaires have seen their wealth go up by $1.8 trillion. That is, everyone who was a billionaire before the pandemic began, the total accumulated wealth beyond the billions they already had has gone up by $1.8 trillion. Simply not fair. And it's, how is it possible that 55 of the largest corporations in this country paid zero dollars in federal income taxes. They made over 40 billion in the year 2020 and they paid zero. Think about that. Yeah, I think about it, Joe. Um, I think about the fact that businesses 
Let's have a little. Let's have a brief little lesson on businesses here for just a moment. I know you know this, but it's important that you tell your family and friends. Uh, if you were to have, let's say, you got a small town, right? Small town. It's just it's a five hundred person town. There's no restaurants in it, but you decide you're going to start a restaurant, and you decide you're going to name it something like Jesse Kelly's World Famous Cheeseburgers or something along those lines. Something high end. You build your restaurant. You start selling my world-famous burgers, which, of course, what, Chris? Of course, you'd make a fortune. And let's say the town decides they're going to put some extra taxes on you. Okay, not the end of the world. You're the only restaurant in town. You just raise prices a little on my world-famous burgers, and you'd be fine. Well, what if if they decide they're going to put regulations on you? What, what 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 are you going to do then? I'll just raise the prices again to pay for all the new uh, plexiglass I have to put in because you're worried about coronavirus. No big deal to me. Customers are still coming in. But what is the one thing that will affect the bottom line of that restaurant? Very much so. Another restaurant. Big businesses love taxation. They love coronavirus. They love the regulation. Why? Because they just raise prices or shift some money around, and they know small businesses will be slaughtered during these regulations and lockdowns and taxation. The big business wants the small business to die, and he'll happily pay more taxes to make sure that happens. Yes, all the rich got richer during the pandemic because of your stupid lockdowns. Don't you remember in the very beginning? Oh, close your mom and pop shop. Oh, my goodness, you tried to open that diner and sell pancakes? Do you want grandma to die? Anyway, everybody, welcome to Lowe's. Of course. We did it. We did all this on purpose. I feel like I'm extra hyped up tonight. I don't know what's wrong with me. Let's move on to some questions. Oh, great, Shogun. You've said you would never run for office again, but if Heavy D won and asked you to be his director of anti-communist operations, would you accept I freaking hope so. If you did accept, what would be your first five action items? He says Semperfy. He says I can say his name. His name is Phil. I wish I would not accept. I have a blast doing this show, as you can probably tell. So honestly, I wish I could sit here and tell you, no, I wouldn't do it. I would stay here. I just keep doing the show. I'm never leaving. I, I, I wish I could say that to you. And that's probably what I should do. But I feel like I have I feel like I have this obligation to the country still. I can't shake it. I can't, I love this place. As for what I do once I became director of anti-communist operations, hang on, I'll tell you. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, I know I'm only allowing Ask Dr. Jesse questions and such for the phones in the first hour, so you better get them in now. I'll get to your phone calls in a second, 877-377-4373. The first question I got to was, if Heavy D gets elected and he asks me to become director of anti-communist operations, would I accept? The answer is yes, I probably would. 
I wish I wouldn't. I love what I do. I don't ever want to stop doing it. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've had a thousand crappy jobs. I can't believe I get to sit and talk to you behind a microphone and I get paid to do it now. But I would feel obligated to do so. As for what I would do, you'd be horrified by all of it. You'd be absolutely horrified by all of it. Uh, Do you want to know one of the first practical things you should do if you wanted to save this country? Let me tell you. Take the top 50 universities in America, maybe top 100, and I mean top ones, all of them. Harvard, Stanford, Yale. I would fire every single employee. I would then publicly, this is on television, I would demo every single building on the campuses to the ground. I would salt the earth behind them, and then I would build on each of those campuses a museum to communism, a communism museum. I've been in a communism museum once. It was in Prague. You see, you uh, the Czech Republic, they got uh, really, really shafted by the whole communism thing. They decided they didn't like it very much, and they built a communism museum to all the horrible things communists did. I'd build one of those on the, on the campus, each and every one. And I'm not saying that just out of spite. I'm saying there is nothing that is devastating the future of this country more than the fact our top universities are producing card-carrying communists. Why does that matter so much? Because these universities, they do produce the people who lead society. Your senators, they all went to these schools. Your presidents all went to these schools. The next Fortune 500 CEO, how do you think we lost corporate America? We're filtering them all through these disgusting universities, and they're thought of as being elite. Yeah, yeah, come on. For uh, uh, the low, low price of two or $300,000 a year, you can get educated at Harvard and find out how much you hate yourself, hate your country, and hate your parents. How's that sound? I'm not kidding. I would raise them all to the ground. I would. That would be step number one. And you know what? I probably should stop there because I would like the show to stay on the air just a little bit longer. Let's get to, let's get to a couple more. All right, Matthew in Ohio, go. Hey, so I was listening to the podcast yesterday, and I heard the story about telling your kids that there's no Santa, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I got a gift uh, from Santa, big air quotes there. And a couple days later, I see the same wrapping paper in the basement. You know, so I'm starting to get wise. I go up to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, is Santa real? And he says, Matt, think about it. Is it possible... For one man to visit every home on earth in one night, I'm like, "Um, no. He goes, there you go. (laughs) That's what dads are for. Good for you. (laughs) Greg in Alaska, go. Hey, man, you were talking about, you know, neighbors with kids with helmets and taking your kids hunting and all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh. I'm uh, I'm married to one with uh, I got a ten year old boy. I'm married to a Karen ex, my ex. Mm-hmm. Um, we're separated and talking about letting kids be kids. Um, my son, we have fifty fifty custody up here in Alaska. It's it's cool, but my son just can't wait to get to my house, take his helmet off, and get his head in the game. You know what I mean? My and man. Uh, you know, you're absolutely you're absolutely right about this. I take my kid wherever I can, however I can. He wants to jump off, of, you know, safely uh, skateboard and do all this. 
you know, and the other side of that 50-50 is he's getting uh, the other side of that with his, with his mom, you know, and uh, it's challenging for him. So as a dad, a single dad with a mom like this, you know, I have to compensate and... It's tricky. It's a tricky balance. I wanted to throw that out there, man. Keep your head down, my brother. You keep doing what you do and keep your head down. That kid will be just fine with a dad like you, I promise. You keep your head down. Somebody wants to know. I got this email. Jesse, we don't have enough Republican senators and congressmen with any balls to fight back. You're right. We need you to run. I've brought this up before, and I'm never going to stop bringing it up. I need you to hear me here, and I need you to hear me well. Yes, we have a gutless, useless Republican Party. Completely gutless. These people are, for the most part, lifelong goobers, okay? They're people they all went to. They all went to Stanford. I was on the debate team in high school. That's who these people are. These are not warriors up there. And... I know you're not going to believe me. I know you're not because television, for some reason, television and radio, it's so powerful. You think people who are on there are somehow smarter or better educated than other people. They're not. Believe me, you're smarter than I am. All right, it's really not that impressive. But you think that about the politicians you see, too. You think to yourself, wow, that senator, I don't like him, but I bet he has some special schooling or something. Or he's got, a, he got extra knowledge. I don't know. No. These people are useless. They're idiots. I have met almost all of them. I've spent significant time with a lot of them just by virtue of what I do. You end up at the same event. You end up back in the same green room. You end up at the same party. You end up at the same thing. And I'm telling you, these are the most unimpressive people you've ever met in your life. Not that they're all scum, but they're all just dudes. They're all just normal. There's nothing special about them. If you think we lack guts, you're right. We do lack guts. We do. You're the solution. You are the solution. Are you mad about your local school board? You go run. You go run. You have to do it. I know you don't want to do it. And look, you know I ran twice, right? I'm not going to sit here. I don't lie to you. It's not your mommy's show. Do I not tell you how it is? Running for office sucks. I hated it. I hated asking people for money. I hated having to get up every Saturday and Sunday morning and go down to the the nearest pancake breakfast, and you have to talk to Flossie all day, and she tells you about uh, all you need to do to win the election, and and you, you, you come home with nine pounds of makeup on your shoulder from hugging little old ladies all day. Okay, I'm not telling you running for office is a blast. It sucks. The communists are willing to do it. The communists are willing to make that sacrifice Without hesitation. Without hesitation. If we don't, where does that leave us? Toast. We must. We must engage the way they've engaged. You need to get on your city council. Oh, but Jesse, I don't understand. I'm just a construction worker. I don't know the ins and outs of governments. Neither did any of those morons before they sat down in their chair. Believe me, none of these people were special. Jesse, I can't, I can't run for school board. I didn't even graduate college. Yeah, that probably makes you smarter than all the overeducated idiots who are currently on the school board in your town. You go run. Go purge these people from office. 
Go put them on their heels. We have to have you run. We must. We simply have to. How long before China competes, completes their economic takeover of California, given that the pace of actual taxpayers fleeing the state is likely to accelerate now that the recall has failed? Man, I hate talking like this because I love California. As you know, it's paradise. You're wrong. You're not wrong. Right now, I can't tell you how many emails I got today of, Jesse, the recall was it. I'm gone. Jesse, that's it. I'm moving from San Diego. I had one first thing this morning. That's it. I heard your show last night. I'm out of here. So as far as China goes, I guess we can have that talk in just a second. And you have one more segment to make your phone calls, and then I'm out of here. Well, I'm not out of here, but I'm not taking any more calls. 877-377-4373. But first... Get yourself some my slippers now. They're 50% off now with the promo code Jesse. You see Mike Lindell at MyPillow. You know all the quality. Everyone knows the MyPillow quality by now. I mean, that's why there's a 60-day money-back guarantee on everything. He took over two years to develop these slippers. He could have he easily churned one out in a day. I'll just get it out there. People will buy it. Everyone knows about MyPillow. He took two years to do it. They are the most absurdly comfortable things you've ever worn in your life, and they're half off right now. Go get a pair for your spouse, too. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 50% off. Or if you're driving, 800-845-0544 and give them the promo code JESSE. Go get your my slippers while they're half off and get your spouse a pair, too. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday. I'll tell you what, Joe Biden. I lo- There's something wrong with with these politicians. There's something wrong. With, you can get to a point where you say things that everyone knows are a lie, but you just feel comfortable saying them anyway. But if you want to talk about actually lowering the cost of living for people in this country, my plan does just that. By strengthening the capacity of our economy, while also reduce inflationary pressures over the long run. Here's something else my plan does. It confronts the crisis of extreme weather events that we're seeing all around us and around the world, but just here in America. We see it everywhere. We know it's real. In just the past few weeks, and there's more to come, I've seen the destruction of hurricanes in Louisiana, where winds got up to 100 gusts, 179 miles an hour. A deadly toll from flooding New York, where 20 inches of rain in New Jersey, more than 11 inches of rain in some areas. There's a blinking code red out there. Haven't you heard? Joe Biden's gonna fix the weather, <laughs> and 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 if you just if you just pass a three point five trillion dollars spending bill, that's gonna take care of inflation. I know you think that doesn't make sense at all, but just trust him. <laughs> I mean, after all, who's better with your money than the government? Oh gosh! All right, remember this is your last segment for phone calls. Uh, we just gotta. I have too much I need to talk about tonight. Let's go to Russ in Houston. Go. 
Hey, how's it going? I uh, wanted to hear, know enough you heard about the latest acronym to describe these people that think everything is racist, and it's called Skitter, S-K-I-T-T-E-R. I'll read the definition from the dictionary. It says to go to run or glide lightly or rapidly or to skim across a surface, such as spiders skittering across the floor or the ceiling or whatever. But Skitter stands for stupid. Mark in Colorado. Mark, go ahead. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess my question. I, my question is, why can't you guys tell the truth on the radio? I mean, are, are, will you really you lose your show for telling the truth about what is not a vaccine? Okay. There's nothing in this thing that is. Jim in Colorado. Go ahead. I was wondering, should Joe Biden? have to wear M95 underwear. Since geriatric people walk around farting all the time, should he have, we have to be... Pre- Don in Colorado, we're going to make this the last one. Go ahead. Yeah, I would buy rental property in Texas, have my wife buy rental property in... Anyway, we're done with that for the night. You know what? No more phone calls. No more phone calls. Phone calls are suspended. We may not even bring phone calls back on Monday. Phone calls are done. Moving on. Moving on to your Ask Dr. Jesse. You know what? Let's play the Sarah Silverman clip. Because she's right. Now, Sarah Silverman is obviously a card-carrying communist. Not somebody I agree with on anything. But she's so right about this. I mean, this may be a negative thought, but... Or maybe a positive one. I don't know. But if people aren't getting along, like in relationship, they break up, you know? So, like, why don't we just finally just realize that this these states aren't working and, like, divide up into, like, two or three countries of, like, USA 1 and USA 2. And they can be USA 1. Like, the conservatives can be USA 1 because they love being number one, and it means something to them. And I'd love to have that be theirs. They can be USA 1, we'll be USA 2, and we'll be allies. And you'll come over here, and we'll go over there. And, you know, when you come to certain, many times when you go to a different country, you have to get a vaccine. That's it. I know you don't like Sarah Silverman. She's right. And this is an extremely positive development. How many times have I been talking to you about the national divorce? How badly we need one. No, it's nothing I cheer for ever. I'm not happy about it at all. I think it sucks. We hate each other. We are the couple that hates each other. We're screaming at each other every night. We're throwing things at each other. The neighbors have called the cops on us 10 times for for a domestic dispute. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? You and me, you and me, we want to go live in the suburbs and raise kids, eat good food on Sunday, hang out with with people who think like us. We want to watch football, go hunting. She, she wants to go tour Europe with the band and do black tar heroin with the drummer. We can't stay together. Uh, whatever. You know, honey, have a good trip through Europe. Make sure you use clean needles, sweetheart. But we can't. We can't stay together anymore. We're just going to kill each other. It, it doesn't work. And the best part about this is, the best part, the left is starting to realize that. They are. 
And I've had people tell me a million times, Jesse, it would never work. They'll never let us go. They'll never let us go. In a normal situation, you would be correct. We have an abnormal situation here where there's actually not a ton of historical precedent for it. Yeah, they're they're the majority. Yes, they hate us. Yes, they want to take everything. But the minority is not a small minority at all. It is a large minority, and it is a large armed minority. They do not have a monopoly on force. You must get a monopoly on force before you can take over a nation. And they are aware of this. The communists are very aware of what it takes to take over and ruin a country. They've done it a million other times. They never got to that here. They tried a million times. They simply could never disarm us. Whether you're a gun person or not, what I'm saying is true. So they know. What's the option? Let's just go our separate ways. You go. Enjoy enjoy the tour. Hope the heroin treats you well. We're going to raise kids. We're going to be normal. We're going to be happy, healthy, and live our lives. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Let's get a divorce. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. I just... this. Look, we're going to get back to the questions here in just a second because somebody has one about a Republican governor. It just makes me want to joke somebody. But first, let's all of us get mad once again at Joe Biden. I, I, am, I have conflicting emotions about what Joe Biden said today, about what he said about corporations today. There, here's the president of the United States. Since the pandemic began, billionaires have seen their wealth go up by $1.8 trillion. That is, everyone who was a billionaire before the pandemic began, the total accumulated wealth beyond the billions they already had has gone up by $1.8 trillion. Simply not fair. And it's, how is it possible that 55 of the largest corporations in this country paid $0 in federal income taxes? They made over $40 billion in the year 2020, and they paid zero. Think about that. I have so many. I, I'm going to sound like my wife here. I have so many emotions right now. I have so many emotions that I do. Bear with me for a moment. Bear with me for just a moment. Okay. So on one hand, I find it to be absolutely despicable the politics of the endless politics of, uh, of grievance you get from the Democratic Party. Oh, you're poor. He has something you want. He sucks. I should steal it from him and give it to you. I hate that communist garbage. So on one point, I hate that. On another point, I feel like people aren't realizing, yeah, the rich got richer because of all your coronavirus restrictions. Why do people still not understand this? Well, I mean, I understand Joe Biden gets it and he just lies about it. But why is it so many people do not understand this? Hear me out now. Tell your friends. Tell your family members. Regulations. Taxes. Lockdowns. Big businesses love them. 
Jesse, that doesn't make any sense. Why would a big business want want, want more taxes? Or they want to want more regulations. And why would they love lockdowns? You know what business? What really, really threatens a business? What really threatens your livelihood as a as a restaurant? Let's say you're going to start a restaurant and you're going to call it something like Jesse Kelly's World Famous Burgers or something. Let's say that's what. Don't roll your eyes, Chris. Let's say that's what you're going to call your restaurant. And you plant it down on the corner. It's in this tiny town. There's, there's 100 people in this town. You have the only restaurant in town. How do you think business would be? Pretty good, right? Somebody wants to go out to eat. There aren't any other options. Let's go down and get one of Jesse Kelly's world-famous burgers. Now the town starts taxing you. Okay. Not the end of the world. I'm not going to give up my profits. I'll just increase the price of Jesse Kelly's world-famous burgers again, and then I'll be fine. Okay, the town give you a regulation. Uh, uh, we're very scared of coronavirus here. Put up plexiglass be- behind between all these booths. Oh, okay, it's not the end of the world. I can live with that too. I'll just simply raise the prices, pay for the plexiglass, and life goes on. But if you're that restaurant, what is the one thing you're genuinely afraid of? What is it? Have you thought of it yet? You're afraid of the other burger joint opening across the street. Then you go from a 100-person customer base to maybe 50, and competition means you're going to have to increase increase quality. It means you're going to have to keep prices low. Big businesses don't fear taxes and regulations and lockdowns. Big businesses fear other businesses. They fear competition. That's what, that's what makes businesses great. That's what makes them great because competition forces them to be better. Coronavirus lockdowns were the greatest thing that ever happened to big business in this country because it slaughtered small business. Yes, some gigantic restaurant. Uh, because the, I don't know if you know this. Many, if not most, of the restaurants you eat at now they're actually owned by major corporations who own a ton of them. Like, you know how I love Red Lobster? And I really genuinely love Red Lobster. The company that owns Red Lobster owns a million restaurants. Owns a million restaurants. It's just how it is. They don't care about a new 1% tax increase. They couldn't care less. They could not care. Go ahead, make the, force your plexiglass rules and your masks and all these. They don't care about that. What they care about is that new restaurant being built across the street. That's what will cause the business to close. Your coronavirus restrictions that Democrats love. Yes, I know Republicans started them. Democrats love. That's what's made the wealthy wealthier. But back to my mixed emotions, because really we want to focus on me most of the time. What, Chris? At the same time. I am displeased, to put it mildly, about the state of corporate America. I am disgusted by the big businesses in this country. Disgusted. For most of our history as a nation, even our, you know, evil robber baron guys, you know, Vanderbilt and all those guys, J.P. Morgan, even they were patriots. Even they loved the United States of America. Corporate America now 
they routinely spend millions of dollars a year taking a steaming dump on this country, and I despise them for it. I used to hate this anti-corporation stuff. I'll be honest, I don't hate it that much anymore now. Good. Go get them. I don't care. Go raid their offices for all I care. Go get them. Screw them. Why? There's probably, with the exception of education, uh, the, the communists taking over education was by far the most damaging thing that happened here. With the exception of education, nothing did more to crush you and what you believe, crush me and what I believe, and advance the communist cause than them getting in the corporate boardrooms. Now, the corporations have made anti-Americanism mainstream. Now, it's just, it's just standard business. Whatever values you hold, you'll see a corporate commercial now out there trying to rip it apart. These corporations are scumbags now, and it drives me crazy. So that's why I have mixed emotions. No, I don't like the politics of, of grievance politics. No, I don't, I don't necessarily love at all lying to people about why the rich have gotten richer, but I'm not all about that corporation life. But look, remember, in the end, in the end, all this stuff, everything bad that's happening, you must understand it's all your fault. My Republican friends are attacking my plan, saying it's big spending. These are the same folks who just four years ago passed the Trump tax cut, totaling almost $2 trillion in tax cuts. And listen to this. Almost none of that $2 trillion tax cut was paid for. In fact, the unpaid, unpaid bills ranked up, uh, racked up by the, uh, the last administration are projected to increase the national debt by more than $8 trillion over time. What I'm proposing is totally different from that approach for three reasons. First, my plan is paid for. It's fiscally okay, responsible. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. One, I am going to grant him this. Um... Republicans spent way too much money under Donald Trump. Way too much money under Donald Trump. He's not, you know what you know what hurts? Gosh, this hurts. When he says Republicans blew out the budget, blew up the debt, he's not wrong. Are you ready for this brutal reality? Republicans spent more money under Donald Trump than we spent under Barack Obama. That hurts, right? It hurts. So he's not necessarily wrong about that. But one thing that is so wild to me is how we are, we have such a weapons-grade level of misinformation in this country with the American media that you are allowed as a Democrat to simply lie with impunity and know you'll never be called on it. A $3.5 trillion bill is what? Paid for? What? Are you are you out of your mind? Are you absolutely out of your mind that we don't have any money left? There's no money. Our national debt is going to be 30 trillion. Nothing is paid for. All the credit cards are maxed out. We're on our fourth mortgage on our home and we're debating, well, how much do we have to blow next month? Nothing. You don't have anything. You don't have anything of any value at all. And the dollar, the value of the dollar is going down by the second. Oh, man, I'm telling you. These people. All right. 
I have a bunch more Ask Dr. Jesse questions coming up. Uh, the next one is about one of these Republican governors betraying her state and her people. Yeah, I have thoughts. First, husband and wife driving home from dinner. They get stopped at a light, surrounded by an angry mob. They force open the driver's side door. Have you ever thought about how absolutely terrifying that would be and how that can end? You remember that video, I hope you didn't see, about that couple in Chicago, how it ended for them. Neither of them are alive anymore. Well, this night, by the grace of God, they had bought a Hero 2020 non-lethal weapon. Husband manages to get his hands on it, shoots his attacker twice in the chest, unleashes a brutally powerful chemical pepper irritant, forces the attackers to back off to this day they sleep soundly in their bed at night alive i own one i love mine go get yours hero2020.com use the code kelly or it'll get you a special discount hero2020.com code kelly state law restrictions may apply jesse kelly back soon It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday. Reminder to everybody, if you miss any part of the Jesse Kelly Show, including Buck Sexton, who's coming up in about 10 minutes from now, if you miss any part of the Jesse Kelly Show, just know you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, though, need you to do me a favor. Subscribe. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Talking about how handsome I am. As you'll see, there are about a thousand of them on there talking about how handsome I am. It's pants wedding funny. For those who don't know what that's about, uh, a long time ago when I started doing this, I just did it as kind of a gag. I thought it would be hilarious because I don't have shame or anything like that. And then back then, management got mad at me. I mean, not that mad, but they were like, "Hey, could you stop saying that? We want people to talk about, you know, uh, uh, how how much great, how great the content is, how smart you are, how funny you it is." And I thought it would be funny to continue to defy management and tell people to talk about my looks, which is totally stupid because it's a radio show, right? You can't even see me. Well, people started doing it, and started doing it, and started doing it, and now there are over twelve hundred of these things. <laughs> <laughs> and they are absolutely hilarious. Now, let's move on to your questions. Dear Oracle, I just want to know what you think about my governor Kay Ivey's stance on blaming unvaccinated a couple months ago. I generally like my governor, but I feel like she has lost credibility in being able to fight against this tyrannical vaccine mandate. What are your thoughts on this, good sir? And then he says, having smoked wings with garlic bread tonight for supper. <laughs> he said, thanks. That's nothing better than smoked wings with garlic bread. Look, if you're the person, I don't care about your party affiliation. I genuinely do not. If you're a person out there who has repeated the phrase pandemic of the unvaccinated or, or get this, if you're one of the frightened sheep who believes that's one, true, two, even close to appropriate, you're the bad guy. You are the bad guy. 
This is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is a disease that came from China, possibly on purpose. This is a disease that came from China. The second it got here, our government begin to panic and run around like chickens with their heads cut off. Yes, all of them, Republicans included, all of them. And then, because we have a disgusting, broken communist media in this country, bad information about coronavirus began to flow immediately. Immediately. Remember they would show you pictures of a, a, of a hospital in Italy? And say, oh, the hospitals are overwhelmed. This is in New York. And then to issue a correction like two days later, oh, uh, sorry, that was Italy. The lies began coming immediately. Make sure you don't wear a mask. Hey, wear a mask. Wear a double mask. 15 days. Okay, 30 days. All right, Easter. Hey, baby, next year. Lie after lie after lie after lie. And, and early on, and now still, Your elected officials who are telling you to be scared to death of coronavirus, hide under your bed. My goodness, how are you not in a bubble right now? They continue to get caught out partying it up. No masks on, hugging. Hey, we're doing the Macarena at Barack Obama's birthday party. Again, what all this is doing is filling the country, myself included, with distrust. I don't trust anyone anymore. I don't trust anything anymore. Oh, but I'm a doctor. Good, I trust you even less. Oh, but you don't understand. I'm a scientist. You're probably a scumbag who gets his money from the government and you say what they want. That's how I feel about everything now. It is. And so then, after all this, there was a vaccine. A vaccine, I should note, that that, uh, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris both publicly said they would never take. Well, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking a Trump vaccine. Boom. Joe Biden gets elected. Why aren't you getting vaccinated? Get vaccinated, you unwashed scum. If people aren't taking a vaccine at this point in time because they don't trust anyone or anything, it is the most understandable decision in the world. This is a pandemic of China. This is a pandemic of our disgusting media. This is a pandemic of our completely soulless, moralist political class in this country. This is a pandemic of scared sheep who were sent back home because the society told them they might die one day and they didn't want little Aiden to die. This is a pandemic of a lot of things. This is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Anybody, Republican, Democrat, I don't care what it is, who uses that word, hear me out here because I'm not trying to be over the top. I mean this. I see where this is going. Anyone who uses the word pandemic of the unvaccinated is doing their part to set up at best, at best, a segregated America with a lower class that is treated like crap. And at worst, she could be setting off up a genocide. An atrocity. And you could roll your eyes right now all you want. Jesse, come on. That would never happen. It's America. Jesse, that that would never happen. Really? Be honest with me about something. And I want you to be totally honest with me. Two months ago. I don't even have to go ancient history. If two months ago I said to you, they're going to make you get the vaccine or they're going to fire you. 
They're going to make you get the vaccine or you're not going to be allowed on an airplane. You're going to get the vaccine or they're going to kick you out of restaurants. If I had said that to you even two months ago, you'd have said to me, no way, not a chance. What are you talking about? What? No, they can't do that. That's not even legal. They don't have the authority. Jesse, that can't happen here. And yet everything I just said to you is happening right now in America. If I said to you two months ago, get the vaccine or they'll kick you off the donor list and watch you die in your hospital bed. You would have said, oh, Jesse, don't be ridiculous. You're being so over the top. That could never happen. Already happening right here in the United States of America. There is no end to what they will do to those dirty unvaccinated now that people like Governor Ivy and others have decided the vaccinated are responsible for all of society's problems. There is nothing they won't do now. That's a fact. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and joining me now is somebody, I mean, maybe you've heard his voice once or twice before. He is the one that built this time slot in radio, my friend of obviously the Clay and Buck Show and his great show on the first Buck Sexton. Buck, I know it's painful for the audience to not have the sultry sounds of your voice every day, but I think my voice is also pretty incredible. Can't disagree with you there, Jesse. Nor can your nor can your many fans who appreciate that even though you're two feet taller than in all photos, <laughs> you do have a great voice for radio. <laughs> Thank you, Buck. Thank you so much. Buck, I got a question. Uh, it's an Ask Dr. Jesse day, and I want you to answer this one. How would you rank the following Tarantino films? Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards, The Hateful Eight. Well, I haven't seen The Hateful Eight, so I got a table for that. Okay. Uh, the, I, I, I mean, look, I think the best Tarantino movie is Pulp Fiction. I think after that, you've got to go Inglorious Bastards. After that, you go Django. And what am I missing? Then I go Reservoir Dogs. I didn't like the whole ear thing. That kind of, that did too much for me. And, uh, and then I guess that's what Hateful Eight. That would be my listing. But Jesse, I'm, I'm already, I'm prepared for the booze, but sometimes you need people to boo you so that they realize how much they like you when they're not mad at you. I think Tarantino, in general, wildly overrated. Oh. Wildly overrated. Oh. Yes, wow. I know. Well, I said, explain, explain yourself now before they come burn down the radio station. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the good thing is I'm far, far away, right? Although you are <laughs> in 200 stations, 230 stations, or whatever, so they probably can find me, including one here in New York, now that I'm thinking about it. So anyway, uh, look, I'm, I'm somebody who the older I get, I'll tell you, the more... And this is going to sound a little, a little bit like I've got a thermos of soy milk with a Biden-Harris 2024 on it, but I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Extreme violence in films, I just, I just don't, you know, life is, life is hard enough, and like real life, you see nasty stuff sometimes. You've seen nasty stuff in the service. I saw nasty stuff in the CIA. I don't know, man. I, I, just, I just feel like Tarantino pushes it a little, a little too much for me. But that, that's me. That's me. He was great, however in desperado in the bar scene. So there's that. You know, I'll tell you, I actually can't kill you for that opinion. I know I know the audience again thinks thinks I'm he-man, but 
I don't like over-the-top violence anymore either in movies. Maybe that is just part of getting older. I don't know what it is. All right, moving on to more important stuff. Buck, the country is divided. I'm not naive as to my place in that whole thing, but the country is very divided on mandates. 60% of the country loves these things. 40% is not a tiny minority, but it is a minority. They seem to be getting steamrolled right now. The people who love mandates don't appear to have any interest in slowing down. Where does this end, Buck? I think it ends in about uh, 12 to 18 months, which is really depressing. But I think it's only when we will actually reach, and I have a bunch of theories on this stuff, by the way, some of which are pretty terrifying and and would get me in a whole lot of trouble with folks. Uh, But, you know, I'll share them with you because it's just you, me, and... You know, uh, lots and lots of football (laughs) stadiums worth of people all across the country listening. But I I would say um, it it ends in 12 to 18 months when we achieve herd immunity through actual natural immunity. And we're going to have all these other things, all these factors and distractions and interventions and vaccines and all this stuff piled atop it. And they'll say, see, it took longer than we thought, a lot longer than we thought. But we finally got there because of Dr. Fauci. But in reality, for anybody who's paying attention and looking at the real-time data, what's actually going on, uh, we're just basically, the virus has been virusing for 18 months. We have protected the elderly from, uh, you know, for, for a period of six months here because the shots. I'm not going to say that that's a very good thing. That was very worthwhile. Everything other than that has been a failure. That's the, the only thing that has worked. So in that sense, Jesse, it's very similar to, say, the flu in that you give those at risk the flu shot. It does work. It does help them. It's not perfect. But for everybody else, it's let it rip. That should have been our COVID policy day one. Okay, why wasn't it? I, I mean, Buck, everybody knows, everyone knows I'm a big fan of much, much of what Trump did. But I did a little rewind tonight on some things about some dates and stuff like that. And we went the wrong way really, really early. And we went the wrong way under Trump. Why? How did that happen? Yes, we did. Everyone was so scared. And the media apparatus was so effective at churning out mass hysteria that people like you and me. And I'll say this. And one of the things, one of the great points of bonding before I even got on the air with Clay uh, which a lot of your folks can hear us at noon on your wonderful stations as well across the country on the Clay and Buck Show, was there was just a handful of us who from pretty much the very beginning were like, hold on a second. I mean, you, you want to wait a week or two so hospitals don't get overrun? I mean, you know, I, I, that didn't strike me. That still doesn't strike me as unreasonable. But everything else, especially with the masking controversy in the early days, I just didn't buy into it. And, and I think that Trump got steamrolled by the so-called expertise class. Um, I think that nobody wanted to, you know, we didn't really know in the early days what we were dealing with. And one thing I can tell you, when I saw the president in May of 2020 in the Oval Office, I said, I shook his hand when I was leaving. I said, sir, just promise me you won't allow them to continue this lockdown madness. and We won't do this again. He looked me in the eye and said, Buck, no lockdown. So, I mean, I wasn't, you know, chiding the president in the Oval Office, but I was trying to use what little, in, you know, what, what little connection I had there to push back. Because, yeah, man, Trump, there was more lockdown from him than we should have had, in my opinion. He's obviously a lot better than the other side on this, though. 
and uh, we we don't seem to be learning the lessons. Can I, by the way, can I tell you my scary thoughts about oh, all this? Please do. Yes. So I want your your folks, your audience, to check out something called Marek's disease. This is fascinating. This is real. Marek's disease is a virus somewhat similar to the herpes virus in human beings. Highly, highly contagious. Spreads among chickens. Now, what we found was that Marek's, if you get it, it can cause all kinds of bad cancers. Really, it's really nasty stuff. But they came out with these great vaccines for Marek's in about the 1970s. But the problem is that when they did that, and, and, and they had these vaccines, it actually created reservoirs of much greater mutation uh, rapidity, if you will, or much, much faster mutation. And so the next generation of Merrick's disease was much more virulent, much easier to spread, much worse, essentially. Does that sound like anything that maybe some people might just want to think about now as a possibility? <sighs> just Google it. Don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not pretending to be one on Jesse's radio show. Look up Merrick's. I would say also look up antibody-dependent enhancement, A-D-E. Antibody-dependent enhancement is pretty straightforward. It's when your body has enough antibodies that it will prevent you from getting sick, but it also allows the viral pathogen to come into contact with those antibodies but not in such a level that it actually destroys the virus quickly, and then the virus is easily spread and also easily mutates. So it's almost like putting a virus into training camp and saying, do a lot of push-ups and do five-mile runs every morning and then go out and go after other people. That's what antibody-dependent enhancement. These are real medical phenomenon. I'm not making them up. And when you read about them, you say, hmm, did anyone, did anyone think about this before we did a mass vaccination campaign of every man, woman, and basically child soon during a pandemic, Jesse? I don't think people thought all that through. No, I, you know, I wish I could tell you this is that Buck Sexton, my buddy, is just some wingnut, but I have actually had some very, very, very intelligent doctors and medical personnel share these same concerns with me behind the scenes, and let's Let's hope you were wrong, Buck. Let's hope they are wrong, but I doubt you are. Buck Sexton, thank you so much, my brother. Go enjoy your night. Next time, ask me about Spielberg movies, okay? We'll talk about a real director, Jesse Kelly. Oh, gosh. Get off the phone. Hang up on him, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now. Now. You need to protect your financial future. I can't... I can't give you some magic elixir. I, I, I don't have some magic solution that's going to automatically make it so your money never loses value. There's nothing I can do about the disastrous policies of the federal government. There's nothing I can do. I do know this, though. I do know my history. And I know gold had value, well, forever ago. It has value now. It'll have value in the future. Call Oxford Gold Group. Oxford Gold Group will mail gold to your front door, to your front door, so you can have something tangible. Give them a call today, 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. Tell them Jesse told you to call, 833-995-GOLD. Jesse Kelly, back soon. Jesse Kelly show on a Thursday kind of 
kind of a Thursday. Remember, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Your fearless leader has no choice but to pick up his weapon and go fight for America. So tomorrow morning, I know you're going to need to hear me. I know you're going to be waiting around all day. Oh, Jesse's going to come talk to me Friday night. I can't do it. Look, sometimes sometimes you have to lay down your plow and pick up a sword. And this is one of those times. My sons and I, we're going to wake up tomorrow morning and we're going to pick up our weapons. And we're going to take on those doves that are trying to take down this country. What, Chris? We're going to shoot doves tomorrow for you and for me. Don't worry. Don't worry. We will get, we will win. Lord willing, we will win. And if we all make it back alive, I will be back here. What, Chris? I'll be back here on Monday doing the show. Look, I can't guarantee I'm going to make it back, but these are the things I do for you. Back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Dear Dr. Jesse, many guns, Kelly the <laughs> third. Gosh, I love you guys. The communists keep poking hoping we lash out so they can retaliate. Much like they used the so-called January 6th insurrection to ban conservatives from social media and label white supremacy as the number one threat to national security. Do you think we are playing into their hands if we begin to engage in active disobedience? What alternatives do we have? Now, I need to clarify something for everybody right now. The show, my show... It, because it's a national show now, it's everywhere, it is actually against the law for me to ever encourage you to break the law. They'll just turn the microphone off. I'm not allowed to do it. So I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to do that directly from behind this microphone. What, Chris? We're fine. I'm never going to do that behind this microphone. But I am going to be very, very frank with you about something right now, and I need you to hear me because I I understand the passion out there. I understand the anger, and I feel it too. I'm right there with you. I feel it too. Hear me out. There are going to be a ton of gatherings in the coming years for people who are mad about mandates and the government and all these other things. You need to watch yourself. I didn't say don't ever attend, did I? I said you need to watch yourself. The feds are not your friend. If you find some gathering of people talking about taking down the government, they're virtually all going to be undercover FBI agents or FBI informants. If you find somebody telling you, let's go uh, uh, burn down a courthouse or something awful like that, it's probably an FBI agent trying to entrap you and get you to commit a crime. Now is the time, in fact, always is the time for smart, for smart. That doesn't mean you never disobey. It means you choose to be very, very smart and, hear me out here, peaceful. Peaceful is what's effective, no matter how angry you get. What do I mean by that? Who did more? for civil rights and how black people are treated in this country, the Black Panthers or Martin Luther King? It's not even debatable. Martin Luther King. And I say this as somebody who actually not only sympathizes with the Black Panthers, I think if I was a young black man back then, that's the route I'd have gone. 
because I have anger issues and I have no problem with violence. I probably would have been all, uh, you're not treating me and my, uh, and my people like, cra- like crap. Uh, I'll go get a gun and I'll hurt some people. That probably would have been me. So that's not me passing judgment. But let's be frank. What was effective? Effective was these peaceful, huge marches that woke politicians up about how passionate so many people were about change out there. Hear me on that. And look, maybe you're maybe you're so mad you're past all that. Maybe you've just maybe you've made a decision, and I hope you haven't. Maybe you've made a decision. No, Jesse, violence is the only way. Violence is not one of those things that's never necessary. I would never say those words. That's idiotic, childish thinking. That's what you get out of American schools now. Violence is never the answer. Uh, Yeah, it is. If you're getting beat up by a bully, it is the answer. You better be violent, Pat. Violence is, however, the last thing we want as a nation. It's the last solution. It's what you do after everything else has been tried and tried and tried and tried again. So, I understand there's a there's an upcoming rally. I think it's actually very soon. There's an upcoming rally in Washington D.C. And what is it? It's a rally f- to support those who've been jailed during the January 6th thing. You know, they they've been held in jail. I mean, they've been totally abused by the legal system because our government's so broken, but they've been abused by the legal system, and so a rally has been organized. Let me ask you, if you're thinking about attending, and I'm not telling you not to, because I don't know the answer to these questions either. Do you know everyone who organized it? Do you know? Do you trust them? Are you sure you should trust them? Do you know how easy it would be at a rally where people are already angry? Do you know how easy it would be to get violence started if, say, you were a Fed who wanted some violence to start so you could start arresting these people? Let me tell you a quick story. It's a true story. You remember East Germany and West Germany, right? In case you don't, at the end of World War II, we had to split up the world. It was a very fascinating time if, if, if you want to study it. Everyone studies World War II to some extent. You know, everyone knows the basics about World War II because it's the biggest, greatest event ever. Most terrible, too, but, you know, biggest, greatest event ever. Very few people study at all what happened after it. But essentially, the world itself was decimated. I mean, it just wiped out financially. It was just a disaster. And you had these powers that decided, hey, we're not going to do what we did after World War I and just blame Germany for everything, even though World War II was Germany's fault. We're not just going to blame Germany for everything. We're going to divide up things, and we're going to figure out, uh, let's help, let's get these guys back on their feet, and, and we'll help get these guys back on their feet, and you guys help get these guys back on your feet. That's what, that's what the world did after World War II. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. I'll explain what happened and why you need to be very careful with these rallies. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show final hour on a Thursday. Look at... 
I'm just trying to caution everybody. In case you missed it, the question was, hey, uh, are you worried about the feds infiltrating all these new groups and all these new rallies? Yes. In some cases, they're going to organize them. And listen, listen. I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to name names. But when I was asking you before about who do you trust, you understand that sometimes the leaders of the groups you trust, they're fed informants. Now's the time for peaceful. Now's the time to, for smart. I'm not telling you never organize a march, never organize a protest. Do it. Do it smart. I'm not telling you don't attend one. I'm telling you be on your toes. Back to my story I was saying. World War II. World War II ends. I, I'm doing a comparison here for you so you'll understand how easy it happens. World War II ends. We divide up the world. Germany gets divided up into a Soviet sphere. They got East Germany and then a Western sphere. It's thought of as America, but it was really us and the UK who, who administered it together. But either way, of course, West Germany was propped up to be more of a, a democracy, a republic. It was freer, prosperous, enjoyable. East Germany, because it was Soviet, was one of the worst communist hellholes in history. Just a disaster. Poverty and death and torture and everything. It was terrible, terrible. Well, communists know their system sucks. So communists always try to ruin the capitalist system so they can look better. That's not normal. So East Germany was a vicious, vicious rival with West Germany. They hated those aerial pictures at night of all Western Germany's all lit up because everything's fun and East Germany's all dark because everything's horrible. They hated that. What'd they do? Well, there was a gigantic student protest, some say organized by East Germany, we don't know that for sure, in West Germany, protesting the government, government calling, them, calling them tyrants, all that standard stuff. What did East Germany do? Well, they sent an agent over there, an agent to, at a critical moment, shoot and kill somebody in the crowd causing the crowd to actually get violent and get crazy, making sure their government had to crack down on it. These are standard communist practices is what I'm saying. There's a ton of rumor around January 6th that that's what they did, that it was a big pro-Trump rally and people were mad, but overall it was okay. And again, this is just rumor I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever know. And there are all kinds of rumors that all of a sudden they were just some bad actors in there really start really starting to encourage some really bad behavior and what's happening and yeah be careful out there be very very careful all right moving on here this one well i realize i actually asked buck sexton about it earlier and never addressed it myself. So let's dig into the hard questions here. The question was about Quentin Tarantino movies. Buck Sexton brought up an interesting point. He says Tarantino movies are kind of too gory for him now as he gets older. And he thought I was going to call him a wuss. But look, maybe I am getting soft. I don't know. But they're a little too much for me too. 
They are, and I don't know what that is. It's not like I wasn't war movie guy or Tarantino movie guy when I was younger. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you what happens a lot now, and every parent listening to me, this is going to make total sense to them, and everybody who isn't a parent, they're not going to understand. I, I so I'm not putting anybody down, but this is just what I've noticed. Since I became a parent, when I see something terrible happening in the movies, especially if it's to a kid. I mean, nobody wants something bad to happen to a kid unless you're in Planned Parenthood, but nobody wants something bad to happen to a kid. But once I became a father, if like a kid gets kidnapped or, or run over with a car or something, something terrible, pick your terrible thing in a movie. I don't like it. No, I don't start sobbing in my hands and say, change the channel, honey. I can't take it anymore. But I really, really, really do not like it. It affects me more, but I will rank the films. Uh, his ranking, by the way, was Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight. Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Django, Inglorious Bastards, and Hateful Eight. Uh, I thought Inglorious Bastards, I thought the idea of it was cooler than actually pulling it off. I mean, who doesn't want to see American troops murdering Nazis? That's as good as it gets. It was really, really slow in parts. Is that out of line? I, I thought there were parts of it that were really slow. And I like some I like dialogue. It's not as if I need guns going off every five seconds. Parts of it were really dragging along. Sometimes sometimes these filmmakers, understandable because artists are crazy people, sometimes Sometimes they really get in love with the whole art aspect of it, and that's a little off. I can't I can't get over Sarah Silverman. I'm sorry, I can't let this go. I can't get over Sarah Silverman coming out and basically saying what I've been saying. Now, this is the, the, let me clarify. I've been a national divorce guy for a while. I have a reason for it. Listen to Sarah Silverman, then I'll go into it. I mean, this may be a negative thought, but or maybe a positive one, I don't know. But if people aren't getting along, like in relationship, they break up, you know? So like, why don't we just finally just realize that this these states aren't working and like divide up into like two or three countries of like USA 1 and USA 2. And they can be USA 1. Like the conservatives can be USA one because they love being number one and it means something to them. And I'd love to have that be theirs. They can be USA one, we'll be USA two, and we'll be allies. And you'll come over here and we'll go over there. And, you know, when you come to certain, many times when you go to a different country, you have to get a vaccine. That's it. I can't believe, I cannot believe I'm going to say these words. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. I brought, the, look, I brought this up before. I want to get a national divorce. I'm not cheering for it. I'm not happy we don't get along anymore. I wish we were still young and in love. We're not. We despise each other. Now, we don't have to be thrilled about that. But we do have to be adult enough to acknowledge that's where we are. We are very much two different nations, at least two, if not three or four. But we are very much two different nations. So why are we staying together? 
the only point to remain a nation, the only point to ever become a nation is, okay, we share common values. Let's agree we're going to come together. We're going to live together, work together, marry, procreate, because we share common values and there's prosperity and safety together. If we start hating each other's guts, then we've just created a fight cage, not a nation, not a society. We absolutely should go our separate ways. We should. And I know people will say things like, that's crazy. I would ask you, if you think it's crazy when I say we should break up, I think you should do something for me. I think you should go look at a map of Europe in the year zero. Okay? Maybe you're already on your phone. Don't do this if you're driving. Maybe you're on your phone. Do it now. Go look. Uh, just just do, do an image search. Map of Europe, year zero. And then I want you to do, do a map of Europe in the year 500. And then a map of Europe in the year 1000. And then one in the year 1500. Are you noticing any changes? Has Have things moved around a little bit? What I'm saying is... Nations rising, nations falling, nations breaking up, splitting up, going their separate ways. This is not radical. This is the history of the world. The history of the world. It's time. We don't get along. They hate us. We hate them. They don't get along. That's just the truth. That's the truth. Sarah Silverman is not wrong. She's 100% right. She's 100% right. We don't get along. We have totally different values. We want totally different things for the United States of America. Okay? So why are we still doing this? Can anyone answer me that question? Because every time I'll get people outraged about this, and I understand that, I want someone to answer me the question. Why are we still doing this? Uh, it's always been that way. Okay, that's not an answer. Why are we still doing this? And why am I about to read you a recipe for gr- a grilled cheese sandwich? I don't know, but you're going to have to hang on for this. hang on for that for a second. But first, one of the many things we talk about when it comes to gold is protection. Protection. Protection is so important for you. That's why I bring up Oxford Gold Group to you all the time. I can't control the federal government. I wish I could. I can't control inflation. You can't control inflation. All you can handle, all you can control right now is how you're going to respond, how you're going to prepare yourself. Oxford Gold Group, they'll deliver real gold to your front door. Real gold to your front door. Call them now. I send friends and family there. They make it so easy to get some gold in your hands. Get real value that will always be there. 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I'll get to this recipe for grilled cheese in a second. But just look quickly. Again, there's no need to stay living together. If we hate each other, 
Look, if, if, we, if we spend every single night throwing vases and remote controls at each other, why are we still doing this? Why are we still doing this? That's where I come from. It. I mean, look, this is our president. If you're the type of person who prefers this guy as president of the United States, I don't want to live with you. Thank you, Boris. And I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. <laughs> that's Joe Biden forgetting the Australian PM's name. Gosh, that's so embarrassing. Jeez. But that's, you know what? Let's talk about grilled cheese sandwiches. Dear Handsome Jesse, Food Oracle Superb. Let's talk about gourmet grilled cheese. We could all use some comfort food right now. I know you usually bring up cheese when your callers are showing discontent with the craziness that's going on. Oh, my word. Okay. All right. PSA. PSA. You might want to make sure you're listening when I read this recipe for you because it has my mouth watering something severe. If you miss it. Just go download the podcast. It'll be there on the podcast on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Oh, my gosh. Listen to this woman's grilled cheese. Start with sourdough bread, buttered on one side. Buttered on one side egg. Side egg. Oh, she messed up the typing. She said buttered on one S-I-D-D-D space E-G-G of each slice. I'm just going to think. I'm going to assume she, she was drunk or fat-fingered it. Buttered on one side. All right. Place two different slices of Swiss cheese, two slices of pepper jack cheese, and sprinkle some feta on top. Ew, she said I add slices of fresh tomato. I'm editing her recipe. Don't you dare assault this recipe with the disgusting tomato that has ruined sandwiches in this country for a half century, if not more. Then she said grill on a cast iron. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so good. Two slices of Swiss, two slices of pepper jack, and some feta. Oh, or or you could make the super gourmet grilled cheese I used to make when I was in construction. <laughs> so, so, you know, I know you're not going to find this shocking, but I'm a little bit white trash. All right. I, I understand. I understand that's not exactly blowing you away news, but I'm a little bit white trash. It's not something I apologize about. I love me. I'm my favorite person. But. You know, I was in construction for a long time. We were doing a construction project one time in Ajo, Arizona. Ajo, Arizona. It's spelled A-J-O. I would really encourage you right now to go ahead and do a image search of Ajo, Arizona. Is it even possible? Does the internet even have pictures of Ajo, Arizona? To say small and relatively nondescript would be a bit of an understatement. It is just one of these tiny desert towns that had a huge mine in it for about 15 minutes, and then all the the mine shut down, really, and everyone left, and it's just a very... I'm not insulting Ajo, Arizona, okay? But it's not... It's not New York City, all right? It's certainly not a booming metropolis. I believe, if I remember right... I believe there were two restaurants in town. There was a Pizza Hut 
and a Dairy Queen. And if there was more than that, there may be more than that. Don't quote me on that, but there aren't many more. Okay, there, there were two restaurants in town, a Pizza Hut and a Dairy Queen. Well, I had to go do construction work out there. And because it was a couple hours, I believe, from where I was living in Tucson at the time, I actually had to get an apartment. Apartments probably being really generous with the room I had to rent there. The door didn't close all the way. There was no dishwasher. I believe this place had been built in the 50s. It was one gigantic health hazard. But long story short, I had to find a way to make do when I was in Ajo, Arizona. So this is what I used to do. I used to go get, I used to make grilled cheeses at the house all the time because I'm a bit of a grilled cheese specialist. And I would do that. I would butter both sides of the bread. And then I would take American cheese, which everyone knows is the best cheese out there. I would take American cheese and then salami. I would take, I would go to the grocery store and get salami thin sliced. And I would, see, I do my own sound effects for the show. I would, I would slice up the salami and make a grilled American cheese and salami sandwich. Don't you dare knock it. Don't you say, Jesse, you're so trashy. I mean, that's all fair. You can actually say all that, but it was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Back to your emails. Dear Dr. Shogun, Jay Steele, Many Guns, Kelly the Third. Why is Biden mandating vaccines for workers when 78% of the deaths are retirees? If they really wanted to reduce deaths, why wouldn't they mandate vaccines for Social Security recipients? None of what they're doing. See, this is even people on the right have such a difficult time accepting this. And I understand why they can't accept this. And what's this? What am I talking about? These people don't care about coronavirus. And none of what they're doing is aimed at stopping or slowing down coronavirus. Now, even for most people on the right, that is simply too brutal of a reality to accept. You would, you would, rather, you would rather live in a false reality than accept that reality. Your elected leaders not only are okay with you dying, for many of them, it's the preferred outcome. You don't think I'm telling you the truth? I don't know anything about hydroxychloroquine. Okay, I don't know anything about it. I'm not a doctor. I know nothing about it. I do know this. I can only say what I've been told. I know multiple, I don't know one or two, multiple doctors and nurses who have personally written to me saying hydroxychloroquine was is unbelievably effective at treating coronavirus. I'm not saying that's true. I wouldn't tell you what to do with your body. I'm saying healthcare workers, smart people, people who've been educated have told me firsthand, I used it and saved his life. I used it and saved her life. Do you remember what your elected officials did with hydroxychloroquine? I'll tell you in a second. Plan a new game. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday. We're not done yet. You didn't think we were done yet. The question, the question was about Joe Biden and mandating the vaccine for workers when 78% are retirees and he didn't understand it. And what I said was this. These people 
They're okay with you dying. Oftentimes, they'd prefer you to die. You don't think I'm true? You don't think I'm right? I don't know about these antibody treatments, monocle. I don't. I don't know anything about this stuff. I do know Florida has been saving lives with it a lot. This is all documented. Florida's been saving lives with it a lot. The Biden administration today reduced Florida's supply of this. That is going to directly result in more people dying. They did it. They did it on purpose. I understand you don't want to accept what I'm telling you. The people who lead you, your elected leaders, are okay with you dying. Many times, they would prefer you would. That hydroxychloroquine I brought up, again, I'm not telling you it works. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But I know I have a million doctors and nurse friends, and they write me and say to me, Jesse, I saved a life with it. Jesse, we use it to save lives. Jesse, I saved a life with it. The second it came out, the second Trump even brought it up because it was Donald Trump, the FDA warned against it. Governors like Larry Hogan and stuff like that came out and said, don't use it. We're reducing it. We're limiting it. We're, you, you Don't prescribe that anymore. There was a drug doctors were using to save lives for people who had coronavirus, and they stopped them from being prescribed. I don't know what else I can do to show you. I know it hurts. I know it's not the America you grew up in. I know that. I I know that. It's not the America I want either. You must accept these people are okay with your death. I used to say this when Barack Obama was president, and people got mad, but deep down you could tell they knew I was right, and this very much applies to the Biden administration. If you were to hold a gun to his head and, and tell Barack Obama, You have to drop a nuclear weapon on one city, any city you want in the world, but you have to drop a nuclear weapon somewhere. He would drop that nuclear weapon without hesitation within the borders of the United States of America on his political enemies. He would. It wouldn't be Tehran. Wouldn't be Beijing. Wouldn't be Moscow. Without hesitation, these people would pick a city or an area in red America and drop it. And they wouldn't feel even the tiniest amount of remorse after they did so. You don't want to imagine that about your political leaders because you come from a time or or at least long for a time when it was, you know, guys like JFK, you know, Patriots, not a, not a guy I agree with on a ton, but fine president. I thought he did a good job, but a Patriot war hero. You want to believe that era still exists. That era is gone. We are now led by people who have spent decades, decades in America's education system learning to despise everything about you and this country and themselves and everything that is good and right. They think you're the enemy. That's how they conduct themselves. They show you time and time again. If you still don't want to accept it, I mean, I get it. That's, t- that's tough. That's, a, that's, that's the definition of bitter pill to swallow. If you still don't want to accept it, I get that. But it is true. Moving on. Great Oracle. Is there a statue of limitations for treason? Millie won't be tried until and unless Trump gets back in. 
Can Ava Pelosi be tried too since she colluded? I patiently await your wise reply. Says I can say her name. Her name or her, her name. Her name is Susie. Listen to me, Susie. Listen to me now. I need everybody to hear me. They're not going to lock any of these people up. Nobody. That lock, lock Hillary Clinton up. She's going down now. We don't live in that era anymore. We live in a post-law era now where servants of the system are never, ever held accountable for their crimes. And in fact, we've reached a whole new level where not only are they not held accountable for their crimes, they're oftentimes promoted the worse those crimes get. Not only is Billy never going to be tried by tried for treason, not by Trump, not by anybody else, Millie is going to write a book. I said this last night and I meant it. And oh man, I'm going to be obnoxious if this title turns out to be correct. He's going to write a book and it's going to be titled something like The Courage to Act or something like that. And he's going to make five, $10 million on it. Millie is not, never going to be tried for this. He's going to sail off into the sunset. By the way, to answer your question, no, there's no limit. There's no statute of limitations. But he's going to sail off into the sunset with his military pension, I don't know how much it is. I would guess it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $200,000 a year. He's going to make probably $50,000 a speech on the lecture circuit. And in case you think that's out of line, get this. Get this. This happened to me once. I'm, I mean, who am I, right? Who am I? I mean, now I understand that the show is a bit more popular and I'm a bit more popular than I was. But there was a time, I think it was last year, two years ago. Somebody offered me $10,000 to come give a speech to his company. $10,000. That's ridiculous. Why would you want to hear me speak? And why would you pay a dime to hear me speak? I don't get it. But that's real. The money for speeches circuit out there for communists is absurd. These people will get hundred grand, 200 grand to go speak for 30 minutes on a college campus somewhere. Millie is not only never going to be held accountable... Millie is going to die a very, very, very rich man with multiple houses, probably on his lake house one day. Now, that sucks. Uh, obviously, that sucks because you want justice, right? You want accountability, and you want justice, and you want all these things. And I agree with you. I want those things, too. But we have to live in the world we're given, right? We have to accept the world as it is. I'm tired of people selling this false bill of goods to people on the right and telling them right around the corner, any day now, justice is coming. Oh, if we just uh, get Trump or if we just get DeSantis, all will be right with the world. These people will be put on trial. They're all going down. That is a lie. It is not true. We have decades and decades and decades of work to do untying the knots of this system before we can get back to a place where you will see things like real justice in this country. Decades of work. Doesn't mean we'll never get there, but it does mean this. We can't, we can't because we're, we're clinging to hope, we can't do this thing where we just decide, oh, it's just right around the corner, the midterms. It'll just be the midterms. Oh, okay, uh, we won some seats in the midterms. Now all we need is 2024 and all this stuff get fixed. We elected Donald Trump. Donald Trump was an excellent president, had a ton of outstanding ideas for this nation. And Donald Trump 
was kneecapped and shackled for the entire four years of his presidency with fake scandal after fake scandal after impeachment after investigation after all of it because there is so much rot in every single level of the system it just is going to take a long time to get it unpacked. I'm not saying that to you to dishearten you. I'm saying that to you so you're not disheartened when it doesn't happen. We must start managing our expectation levels. We do. We're not going to win in the midterms and uh, and stop everything Joe Biden does. He'll just start passing executive orders. We're not going to win in 2024 and, and immediately put everything right. That's not how the world works. It's not how we're doing this right now. So we need to stop acting like that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal for 100 years from now. You're never going to live to see it. Neither am I. Let's try to leave that kind of that kind of country to our kids and our grandkids. That is the goal. Now, I mentioned earlier in the show how angry I was about corporate America selling out its patriotism. You don't have to worry about that with pure talk. You see, Pure Talk not only saves you a fortune over Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile on your wireless plan, and I'm talking the average family saves over $800 a year, not only do they save you a fortune, a patriotic company, a company you'll never see out there trashing this place. Their CEO, he's a Vietnam veteran. Oh, and by the way, you keep your phone, keep your phone number, same coverage as the big networks. Yeah, Pure Talk. Go make a choice, a purposeful choice. Start funding patriots instead of people who hate you. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk. Jesse Kelly returns next. Jesse Kelly Show, final segment on a Thursday. Let's see if we can churn through as many of these questions as humanly possible. Look, Joe Biden, there's got to be something, after you've been a politician for a while, there has to be something that dies in you as far as any... Any real morality whatsoever, and I say that as a terrible person, right? How can you stand in front of the American public and say you're going to pass a $3.5 trillion bill and at the same time say your plan is going to improve inflation? Weather. But if you want to talk about actually lowering the cost of living for people in this country, my plan does just that. By strengthening the capacity of our economy, while also reduce inflationary pressures over the long run. Here's something else my plan does. It confronts the crisis of extreme weather events that we're seeing all around us and around the world, but just here in America. We see it everywhere. We know it's real. In just the past few weeks, and there's more to come, I've seen the destruction of hurricanes in Louisiana, where winds got up to 100, gusts to 179 miles an hour. A deadly toll from flooding New York, where 20 inches of rain in New Jersey, more than 11 inches of rain in some areas. There's a blinking code red out there. 
He's going to fix the weather. Now, here's what's, here's what's really nuts. Think about this. You know there are people out there, probably a lot of them, but there are people out there, these people really exist. They believe him. They believe it. They believe that the U.S. Congress can fix the weather. <laughs> Gosh, what level of delusion do you have to be in to actually think that? Oh, and did, did I mention I brought this up earlier in the show in case you missed it? I love this part where they, I, they love saying this point. Well, it's past debate. We need to rebuild with resilience, with resilience in mind. So roads are built higher. Levees are built more, made more strong, stronger. You know, I hope we're past debating climate change in this country. Now we have to act, and we have to act fast. And my plan does that. We're past debating. We have to act and act right now. Don't think about it. Quick, quick, Chris, give me your wallet. No, don't worry about why. Just give me your wallet. I need it right now. Um, no. How about, about no? How about uh, no? Let's let's actually have that debate. Let's have that debate. Let's get back to your question. Jesse, thank you for giving me the courage to call my local city council members communists as they are attempting to mandate vaccine passport to enter gyms, spas, and restaurants in our small town. She says, side note, this is a California Bay Area town with a vaccination rate of 93%. Well, look, here's the thing. In your small town, and I get get a lot of these emails. Here's the thing, and you're welcome, but... uh, these people, these people who sit on city councils, you see, everybody knows about congressmen and senators. That's the sexy stuff, right? Oh, look at them. I, I saw them on Fox News. I saw them on CNN. I, look, they're on there in the national TV. So everybody knows those. Those are the sexy ones. But the people on city councils are just as tyrannical as the loser scumbags we have in Washington. They love having their little fiefdom. They've never, if you're on the city council in a California city, California Bay city, like this lady says, you love having this much power and control. Never in a million years did you think sitting on a city council in a small city would would give you the power to basically play God over people. No, you have to mandate this and mandate that and shut down this and you're not essential and here are these rules, peasant. Never in a million years did these losers ever think they'd have that kind of power to to dictate things like that to people. But they do. Now they do. And people think I'm joking when I say this so they can't quite wrap their mind around it. These people love coronavirus. They love it. That's why 93% of your town is vaccinated and now they're still handing out mandates and stuff like that. These people are never going to let this go, ever. They're never going to wake up in the morning and say to themselves, oh, man, I am so sick of having this power over people. I mean, just yesterday, I decided these people weren't allowed to eat in restaurants and then the day before that, I told this I told this whole industry they had to close. And you know what? I just feel icky about it. I just don't want that kind of power anymore. They don't think like that. That's not how people like this think. They love this thing. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to them. 
Dear some guy who just got lucky in life by knowing when to keep his head down and his mouth shut. That's, that's fair. The world would make more sense right now if anyone could explain why Yogi Bear wore a hat, tie, and vest, but no pants. He said, please use my name on the air. I'm very egotistical, and I need a fix. <laughs> he says, by the way, great show. His name is Paul. All right, Paul. I'll be honest with you. I was never a big Yogi Bear guy. Now, I liked Yogi Bear, but I wasn't big on it. I wasn't big on it. I guess I guess it's because growing up, I moved to Montana when I was 10. In Montana, we learned to fear bears. They, they were not big, cuddly things. We learned to fear them. And one more thing, because the show's almost over, I have to issue another PSA to everyone out there. And I wish I didn't have to say this. But I understand I'm your shogun, and it's my job to... Don't, Chris. It's my job to lead America. Animals. They're not your friends. They're not cute and cuddly. Behind those big eyes, they're not thinking, Oh, I just wish he would scratch under my chin. I know you've seen all the Disney movies. I I get that. I know you think that. Wild animals will tear you apart. Stay away from the wild animals. Let me say this again. Stay away from the wild animals. That said, I now have to go defend America and take down those doves so they can't take you down. I will see you on Monday. That's all.